Welcome to Goddess Works, a podcast exploring goddess-centered spiritual practice and honoring the magic in the ordinary and the sacred in the everyday. This is Molly Reamer with Bridget's Grove in association with our Patreon at patreon.com slash Bridget's Grove. Thanks so much for being here. What if this was the year you stopped? Stopped spinning, forcing, pushing, scrambling, rushing, hurrying, proving, hurting yourself, forgetting how to rest, trying so hard, expecting so much. And what if in the space left behind, in the rich territory uncovered, after all the straining was set aside, joy bloomed. Welcome to our second month of Living the Questions created for the Creative Spirit Circle from Bridget's Grove. And I am Molly Reamer. If you have not listened before, welcome. And if you are coming in after a long time of engagement with me in whatever form, welcome to you as well. And I am carrying on this month with the same types of themes and ideas as in the preceding month. And I want to start with something that I briefly touched on in the first audio for this Living the Questions class. And it is the quote from Danielle Laporte about how you listen is how you live. And so maybe this, uh, I know it's a living the questions, not listening, but to me, questioning and listening are so intimately entwined as to not be separable that if we are going to live our questions, we have to also be willing to listen to what we receive, whether it's an answer from our own hearts, whether it's an answer from, whether it's a, maybe it's not even an answer, maybe it's another question that's spawned by the first question. Maybe it's something in the natural world around us that is seeking our attention. Maybe it is something from within our families. Maybe it is something from within our work. But uh, when we are living our questions, we also have to listen to the answers wherever they come. Maybe it's a sign from the message from the universe. Maybe it's a whisper from the goddess. Maybe it's a nudge from your own heart, your own soul. Maybe it's the just the right words in the page of a book that you ho- happen to open to. Maybe it's just the right quote. Maybe it is a new question that asks you to sit with it next. But listening and questioning are intimately entwined. And so how you listen is how you live. Danielle Laporte uh, said that, and it really struck me really right in the heart because I thought, how am I listening? You know, how am I listening? Because if I want to live with passion and aliveness and alertness and intensity and devotion, is that, you know, is that actually being representative? Am I actually am I actually living the way that I want to live? And if I am not, what do I need to listen to in order to do that? And so this month, I ask you to think about how are you listening? How are you listening? And then how is that expressed in your living? How is your listening expressed in your living? And 
So I had some questions or some quotes and accompanying questions to share with you today. And I am really attempting to keep these recordings for this class relatively short so that you can let them in and absorb them and then take them out into your own life and and hear your own answers rather than being filled up with a little too much or or having there be so many things that you have to sort through them and decide what to pay attention to. And I have a tendency to overload in this is true in my, you know, regular life. It's true in my writing. Sometimes it's true in my classwork. It's true in my teaching. And, uh, and that's not something I want to apologize for or even really something that I want to change, but it is something I want to be mindful of that that is my tendency. And so the fear of, there's a fear sometimes, you know, within me of not providing enough, not offering enough, not, you know, but what I end up discovering often is that I sort of over deliver or over load others. And so I'm just trying to be mindful of that. And that's not something, um, I, I wrote a poem recently about my work and in the middle of it, I said that, uh, my work is to be not enough and too much simultaneously and to sit in the middle of both and just be okay, because that's all that I have. And so I'm trying to remember that too, like sitting in the middle of the too muchness and the not enoughness that has to just be okay. And maybe it has to be okay for you too. Maybe it doesn't, maybe that's not something that you identify with. But for me, that really is my work is sitting in the middle of the too much and the not enough and being okay because it literally is all that I have. Okay. That was a side, side note. But, um, my thought is that I will make the initial kind of foundation recording and then I will have additional practices, but I'm going to split those up into separate little audios so that you can, uh, absorb and digest and sit with each piece rather than uh, being overloaded. So this is, this is what I'm trying out. And so one of the things I wanted to share is a, um, quote from Rob Bresny about listening to yourself. And he starts by quoting uh, Joseph Campbell, who said, the world's full of people who have stopped listening to themselves. And then Rob goes on to say, it's imperative that you not be one of those folks. This should be a year of listening deeply to yourself. That means being on high alert for your inner inklings, your unconscious longings, and the still, small voice at the heart of your destiny. If you do that, you'll discover I'm right when I say that you're smarter than you realize. So that is one of my questions for you is, have you stopped listening to yourself? And if you have stop listening to yourself. How can you start listening again? And if you are listening, (laughs) what things help you listen? What helps you create listening space? What helps you, what helps you listen? What practices, what inspiration, what helps you listen? What do you need? Like what cult, what pieces of your environment cultivate listening space for you? So have you stopped listening to yourself? If you have, how might you start listening again? And if you haven't stopped, what are those things that support listening space for you? What supports your listening space?
And then the other quote I wanted to share is from Angelus Arian, who writes, I trust the mystery. I trust what comes in silence and what comes in nature when there's no diversion. I think the lack of stimulation allows us to hear and experience a deeper river that's constant, still, vibrant, and real. And the process of deep listening with attention and intention catalyzes and mobilizes exactly what is needed at that time. So I'd like to invite you to take a moment to just sit. Sit with one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly and take three deep breaths with a knowing that there is nothing else you have to do right now. Just wait and listen to the pause in the stillness. Three deep breaths, hand on your heart, hand on your belly. do you hear from within? What do you trust? Can you hear the deeper river of your life? And this question of hearing the deeper river connects to the first audio up for living the questions where we talked about the landscape of our lives right now like is it an ocean is it a river is it a mud flat is it a swamp is it a desert like what is your landscape of your life and so now this month I encourage you to continue to check in with yourself about the deeper river can you hear the deeper river and I have a little story to share from my own life about the deeper river. And this is a, a metaphor that I've touched back to at several points. And it may or may not speak to you, and that's completely fine. I would love to hear it here if you take the deeper river idea somewhere else. Or maybe you're not listening to the deeper river. Maybe you're listening to the inner ocean. Maybe you're listening to the quiet valley. Maybe you're listening to the gentle forest. Maybe you're listening to the hurricane that's brewing. But what are you hearing at this deeper level, kind of underneath the other stuff? And so my own story is that it, this was after I had... Um, I may have shared this before. It's kind of a personal little story, but it has formed um, a uh, piece of my personal narrative for a while. And I, when I had my, so I, I have, I have, we have four kids, but after the first two children were born, in hindsight, looking back, I think I experienced like some postpartum depression with both of them without really recognizing or maybe being unwilling, consciously denying that that's what I was experiencing, not wanting to feel that way and so kind of pushing it away or pretending that's not how I felt. And uh, when... 
So when the second baby was born, I started to notice within myself and I, the, the, that I felt like there was a current that underlaid my other emotions, my other experiences, my other thoughts and feelings like throughout the day. So I became aware that I could, so to speak, dip my toe in this current and see what it felt like. And that the current that was running underneath the everyday was of this sadness or depression or um, something, a sadness, I guess, is what, or like um, the, the, the current running underneath was not happy basically. And so no matter what the ups and downs or, or swings and pulls and high points, points and low points of, of the day, if I dipped my toe underneath the surface of the day, I felt this, oh yeah, like kind of a despair. That's what it was. I felt this kind of despair and I could have laughed and had a wonderful time with my kids and, you know, smiled at my husband and, um, you know, move through the day in a perfectly capable, perfectly beautiful way. And yet if I t- dipped my toe underneath into the current under- underlying the, all the other stuff, what I felt was a type of despair. And I wanted to change that current. I, and I didn't know how to change that current that was underlying my life. And, uh, and I had this really weird experience. This is sounding, this wasn't a story that I actually intended to tell. And so now it's sounding a little, um, I don't know. Now I'm second guessing my decision to share it, but here I am and here I go. So I had this weird experience where I went to the store with my babies. And so the bigger one's like three and this younger one is, um, about six months in a little pouch on my chest. And we were in the store and the checker at the store was this really friendly, happy, nice person who was making, uh, you know, jokes with people and asking questions and talking and was very present and real in this, just in this checkout role. And I enjoyed talking to her and laughing about something that I don't remember, but I went home that night and I dreamed, I dreamed that that checker at Walmart had been an angel who had come to lift my despair, my current of despair. And I woke up the next morning and after having this dream and I dipped my toe into the current and it wasn't sad anymore. It was, it felt like it had shifted to this wellspring of joy. And... I have never again dipped my toe in the current and had it not be what was underneath being this wellspring of joy instead of a current of despair. And ever since that moment, so now that baby who was six months old when the Walmart angel spoke to me, that baby's almost 13 now. And I can still check in with that current and I can have a crappy day and be like agitated. I can have yelled at my kids and uh, cried about something and, uh, you know, felt all discouraged and pointless. But if I dip my toe in the current, if I, if I let myself sink past that first layer and I dip my current toe into the current that runs underneath throughout my life, this is the current that runs as a whole through my life. It's still, there's joy in there. That's what the base current is. And so 
So as I said, that might not speak to you and you might be like, what the heck? What is she talking about? Walmart angels. I thought this was a introspective living the questions class. Help! My point was only to illustrate that deeper river. What do you hear in the deeper river of your life? What do you hear in the deeper river of your life? So take or leave the Walmart angel and take or leave the current of despair or the wellspring of joy. But what do you hear in the deeper river? That's what I would like to turn over and explore and discuss and live into with you this month. And... The I had another poem I wanted to close with that was just based on a little nighttime experience. I've made a date with myself and with Mark, my husband, to uh, to watch the sunset every day this year, and to so basically to be outside at the time of sunset, whether you can see the sun or whether there's full of clouds and you can't see anything, but to be outside at sunset every day this year and ever since we made that vow to each other we have not missed a day even in the rain or the ice or the snow and it's been really neat and simple and yet feels like a promise that I'm keeping and and in a way that feels important and uh, so this poem is written about one of those sunset nights A full-bellied waxing moon hangs watchfully in a gray-blue sky, while a heron of the same shade crosses overhead, slow, silent wing beats coasting to the horizon. The tips of the cedar branches are frosted orange with dimming sunlight, and I am enchanted by the way the setting sun filters through the blue-stem grasses in the field. I crouch down among them, finding myself suddenly transported back to my childhood, sitting in a clump of the same grass by the pond and feeling this same way, thirty years of time condensing suddenly into one seed-fluff moment of golden light. Delight is waiting for you to look for it. Many blessings to you all this month. If you'd like access to even more audios, resources, prayer books, practices, ritual kits, poems, and more, please join us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash Bridget's There are several tiers of membership to choose from.